This teaching is from City Church Coventry. You can find us online at www.citychurchcoventry.org. I just want to pick up uh, three three things that um, that, that uh, Kerry drew to our attention while he was with us. It was towards the beginning of the uh, the Sunday morning, or the, towards the beginning of his his talk on Sunday morning, um, and 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 try and put them begin to put a bit of practicality to them. Uh, and I think what's already happened in our worship time this morning is very very much framed and illustrated. Um, fifty percent of that, and you'll see what I mean by that in a moment. Uh, the first, uh, the first thing I want to remind you that, that he shared with us, he talked about. Um, he, he talked about with the Holy Spirit, we should be able to name that tune in one. Yeah, do you remember? You know that game, name that tune. I know it's not been on telly for a long time, but the idea that they give you a clue as well, don't they? And then you, then people bid how how few notes do they need to hear of that to name that tune? And of course, you can only name it in one if you've actually in, in the game if you've actually solved the the clue, because nobody can name a tune in the first note can they but um but he said with the holy spirit god wants us to be able to to know the tune name the tune in one that is as soon as the holy spirit begins to move as soon as he begins to speak that we're ready to go um the apostle paul talks in 1 corinthians 14 he talks about the holy spirit and the gifts of the spirit like the holy spirit being the wind in a musical instrument and we are the musical instrument and he talks about the, the, the different sounds that come. And then he talks about the clarity of the trumpet. And so it's very much this bi- a biblical image that, that of, of, of music being tied to the moving of the Holy Spirit. And for us to be able to hear what the Spirit is saying and quickly to move and quickly to be his voice. One of the other things that Kerry pointed out to us is this. Is that no one would have heard of, about Pentecost if the 120 had stayed in the upper room. That what God does, when the Holy Spirit moves, it only has an impact when it, if it gets out on the streets. Yeah? What God can do, what, God can do the most amazing things in, in church meetings, but if it stays in there, nothing happens. There was a time back in the Old Testament... When Isaiah has a vision, we're familiar with his vision, isn't he? He's in the he's in the in the, um, in the temple and he sees the the glory of God filling the house of God, and he says, and the doorposts and the thresholds were shaking. And I believe the reason that he saw them shaking is because God was so in anticipation of the time when he was going to break out of the house and into the street. And Acts 2, which talks about when the Holy Spirit came, and there is a, there is a shaking, and there's a, there's a rushing wind, and there's fire. And finally, you can almost hear the Holy Spirit going, finally, I get out of the house and into the street. That's where I want to be. And Kerry picked up on a prophetic word, a prophetic word I'd brought earlier in the meeting, about a new sound in the house and a new sound on the street. And this is what he said. He said, there's a sound in this room that needs to be heard on the streets of this city. And I believe we heard that sound again this morning. I believe we hear that sound whenever we lift our voices to God. God gives us, as a community, 
I believe, a, a unique song. We sing a song together. Our lives sing a song together. Our praises sing a song together. Worship is, is naturally a very prophetic environment. And we heard God this morning. And you know, one of the things that, that, that makes us unique is we are the people that heard what God said to us this morning. Now, it doesn't surprise us, like when Nikki came and said last week that she was in Nigeria and somebody brought the same prophetic word that we had heard a little, just a few weeks before. That doesn't surprise us because we know that God is the God who, he, Jesus says, you know, let, the, let, let us hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. God doesn't have hundreds and thousands of completely different messages and words and, and plans for, for, for the different expressions of his church. I believe broadly he has one thing that he's doing in each place at each time. But, but in the detail we find that there's the variety. There's the bit that makes our song. That's what makes our song different to other churches in the city. If you stuck them together, they would sound in harmony. And they would, they would sound like they were, they were singing the same theme. But the particular and the detail of it is ours. And God said, this is what I've got you to do, for, you, for you to do as a people. This is what I'm saying to you. This is what I'm speaking to you. And we need to be those that when we hear, as soon as we hear, then we're ready to go. There's an old song. Um, it, it's one of the wordiest songs uh, that, uh, that, that I remember from when I, was, when I was a kid. But there was a song called, I Hear the Sound of Rustling in the Leaves of the Trees. First of all, that's the longest title to a song that you're ever going to hear, isn't it? And, um, but in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the chorus of that song was the line, the line was this, my tongue will be the pen of the ready writer. Um, oh, actually, that wasn't even the bit. It's not in the, not in the chorus. It's, not, it's somewhere in one of the verses, actually. It says this, the prompting of the Spirit is our word of command. How much do we need to hear before we're ready to go? Is it just, is it kind of like we need everything laid out and every, you know, every action plan and written down and drilled into us or do we just need to be prompted by the Holy Spirit how do we how do we want to live do we want to live as those who go well you know when when the angel of the Lord appears before me maybe I'll do what he says or to be honest we'd probably end up like Gideon and take three or three attempts before we actually believed him anyway or or do we want to be those who just when the spirit prompts us we say Lord we're ready this is a this is this is new this is for many of us this is new, a new paradigm. This is a new way of thinking. Like Ben was describing this morning, and he said, you know, I don't just kind of tick off, I've shared the gospel with someone. I'm done for this week or I'm done for this year. No, if I want to reframe my life that this becomes my expectation. I want to reframe my life that I'm expecting the Spirit of God to be prompting me. Not even just on a daily basis, but hour by hour and minute by minute what's he doing what's he saying the week after Kerry was with us a number of us were at a national leaders conference over in Leicester and at the end of that or towards the end of that Kerry asked all of the those that were present who were um, recognised as having a prophetic ministry to come and to wait on God for prophetic words and um, uh, very helpfully, Haley Thompson sent through a transcription of all of those. 
And there was a word I brought then that I want to share with you because for me it was in a sense, it was a continuation of the word from the week before about the sound in the house and the sound on the street. And this is what I want us to look at, a few scriptures around this this morning. I'm just going to read this to you. This was the the prophetic word. The Lord says, lift your voice. But my voice, Lord, is weak and it's a quiet voice. But says the Lord, lift your voice, lift your voice. For as you lift your voice, says the Lord, it's not your voice that's going to be heard. For have I not said that the prophetic word comes as the sound of a trumpet? And that I would blow through your open mouth by my spirit, says the Lord. And it won't sound like a feeble, faltering voice of a man or a woman. It will sound, be the sound of the trumpet of God. It will be the sound of the proclamation of heaven. So I say to you, lift your voice. And you say, Lord, how will others understand? How will others catch it? And I say to you, lift your voice. Because those that you are with, those that you are responsible for, those that you have been leading, says the Lord, they need to hear the sound of the trumpet of heaven. So lift your voice. And they may ask you how they might hear out in the world. And I say to them, lift your voice. Because there's a sound that I want this world to hear, says the Lord. There is a sound that is not a human voice, but is the voice of the Lord that comes with clarity and comes with promise, that comes with an expectation, that comes and imparts hope, that comes to bring judgment, says the Lord, and comes to bring forgiveness. It's the sound of the voice of God. So I say to you, and I say it to you today, lift your voice, says the Lord. I went and had a look in the scriptures because I knew that there were many places where God says, lift your voice. And we're just going to look at three passages in Isaiah today. And I'm not going to say very much about them, but I want to encourage you to take some time and have a look at them yourselves as well and see what is God saying to you. And the first one I think really ties in with a lot of what God has been saying to us already this morning. And that's in Isaiah 40. So if you want to open your Bible or scroll does sound very biblical doesn't it to scroll (laughs) to the place where it says just like Jesus did Uh, but we're not going to Isaiah 61 we're going to Isaiah 40 Isaiah 40 (laughs) Isaiah 40 is like a new beginning in the book of Isaiah People have often kind of uh, drawn out the significance of the fact that, that the Bible, chapter, uh, book 40 of the Bible is Matthew. It's the beginning of the New Testament. And it does seem like there's a shift in, um, in, in the message of Isaiah when it gets to, to chapter 40. Not that the, there were chapter numbers when it was composed. They were added later. But it does seem kind of like um, a helpful division for us. Because from chapter 40 you get something that is much more like just a full-on proclamation of the gospel. Something seems to have shifted, something seems to have been brought into the world that was only an expectation before. And in verse 9 of chapter 40, God says this, Go up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. (coughs) God is talking to Zion. Zion is this perfected 
spiritualized version of Jerusalem. Whenever you see Zion, think about the church of Jesus Christ. And he's saying to Zion, he's saying to the the heavenly Jerusalem, he's saying, you are the herald of good news. So lift your voice with strength. Fear not. I think the Holy Spirit's been bringing that to us this morning, isn't he? I'm so grateful for that because I believe that there's an anointing when we preach the word and I believe there's an anointing on the scripture. But if it, if it was just me standing here saying, don't be afraid, I'm not sure how convincing that would be. But the Holy Spirit has drawn us through our time this morning and said, look, I'm with you. Don't fear. Don't worry. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I'm going. I'm setting a new horizon for you and I'll be that horizon. You're not running away from me. You're running towards me. (laughs) You're not pursuing the unknown. You're pursuing the thing that you know most dearly. The gospel is good news. You know, sometimes I think, we think, well, I don't know whether, you know, if I share, if I share the gospel with someone, what are they going to think? Well, well, let's be honest, some people will have a negative response, but it doesn't mean that what you're sharing isn't still good news to them. Like Ben testified this morning, you know, I, there were all kinds of reasons not to share the gospel in that situation, and there were all kinds of reasons that it wouldn't be well received. But what was the response? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Actually, what did Jesus say? The harvest is plentiful. And often we can hold back because we've not really been convinced that the gospel is good news. You think it might offend. Well, it might offend. You think it might, you might have a door shut in your face. You might have a door shut in your face. You know what Jesus said to his disciples? That's really helpful. Yeah. If they don't receive you, just go somewhere else. It's, it's a really, really good way of not wasting time. <laughs> Share the gospel with someone. The door may open, the door may close. But you know the closed door means that you're nearer the next open door. And the open door means Jesus said, if they receive you, they receive me. Don't be afraid. And the gospel is saying, saying, the gospel is this, behold your God. I like that. I like the idea that the whole force of the gospel, the whole thrust of the gospel is to say, I want to tell you who God is. I want to show you who Jesus is. There might be all all kinds of preconceptions that people will, will, will not be attracted to. But when they see Jesus, when they see Jesus, when you tell them something about Jesus, he has so many wonderful names. We were singing this morning, he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. These are all names of Jesus. He has many, many wonderful names. But let's not forget the name Jesus. Because it's the, it, there is salvation in no other name than in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the name Jesus itself can both be a door opener and a door closer. Something happens when we begin to speak about Jesus. 
We can talk about him and we can talk about our experiences and we can talk about the good things he's done and we can borrow other people's stories and share them as well. But let's continually turn the focus to Jesus. He is the good news. This is the good news. Behold your God. Jump on a couple of chapters to Isaiah 42. And uh, we're going to go from verse 10 to verse 13. It says this, Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise from the end of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that fills it, the coastlands and their inhabitants, let the desert and and its cities lift up their voice. The villages that Kedar inhabits, let the inhabitants of Sela sing for joy. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the coastlands. The Lord goes out like a mighty man, like a man of war, he stirs up his zeal. He cries out, he shouts out, he shows himself mighty against his foes. The desert and the cities of the desert are going to lift their voice. Naturally speaking, we don't live in a desert here, but spiritually speaking, we do. And God says the desert places, the places that haven't experienced the streams of life. I know there was a prophetic word came, I think, on either Wednesday evening or Friday morning about God filling the streams. I'm looking for Chris and realizing he's down with the kids because I think it was him that was relating it. Um, You know, our, our city is a city of dried up rivers and streams. Um, if, you look at, if you look at an old map, and many of you don't do that, but I do, um, <laughs> you'll see that there used to be lots of streams and rivers through Coventry, and now they're mostly underground. They've been built over. Uh, but the word came and said, God is going to, that the, 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 the riverbeds are already in place, and God is going to send his water afresh. What does Isaiah tell us? He says that the, the desert places and the cities that are in desert places. They're going to be singing. They're going to lift their voices and sing. Sing to the Lord a new song. The new song in scripture is the song of the redeemed. It's your song. It's my song. It's the song we sing together. It doesn't just mean words that haven't been sung before. It's, if you like, it's the new creation song. It's the song you can only sing if you've been made new. It's the song that kind of flows out of our lives when we're full of the Holy Spirit. And, and yes, it's the, it's the literal sound of the song that we lift together in worship. And what's the promise of God here? It's that you will reproduce the sound that you make. That when you lift your voice, you will reproduce in the, in the world around you that might be a desert place at the moment, might be a lifeless place at the moment, but it's destined to become a place that joins in with the song of the redeemed. That sings the song that we have been born again to sing. And so the praise that's in the house, the praise that's when we come together, the sound that's made there, will be the sound that's on the streets. It will be the sound in the city. Okay, we'll pick, pick up on some of these things again in a minute, but first of all, let's turn to Isaiah 52 for the third Part that I want us to look at. Isaiah 52 and from verse 7 to verse 10, it says, How beautiful on the mountain are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, 
who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says in Zion, your God reigns. The voice of, the, of your watchmen, they, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy. For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He's redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. And the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. You know this idea of singing and lifting a song and lifting your voice. It isn't some kind of obscure incidental part of of the message of the scripture we're being shown here that this is actually right central to what God is doing in the earth it's his primary means of fulfilling his purpose which is to to fill his house to fill his church with his presence and then for that presence to flow out into the world around to fill you and and, and I you and me with his life And then to send us out to spread that life around. To fill us with Christ. And then to send us out as those who who bring Christ everywhere we go. To give us a song. I I believe if you you struggle to share the gospel with, with someone. And it would probably be easier for me to ask you to put your hands up if you don't struggle to share the gospel. Than to ask if you do. But if you do. I genuinely believe that if you will pour out yourself in worship and in praise and in lifting your voice here, you will find that that begins to make it easier to do the same. Not that you're going to sing at people. (laughs) Although, who knows? My my friend Harry Tetley over at Living Rock, um, Harry is, is, is just a singer every moment of every day. And I remember him telling me a story. I'm going to have to give Harry 50p now as well, aren't I? I remember him telling me a story. Sorry? You don't have yours yet? Okay, right. Um, <laughs> he, he and his wife were, gonna, um, were preparing to foster a child. And, and you know, everyone gets a bit jittery because they think, you know, those, you know, the social services, they really don't like anything that's too kind of Christian or too religious or too radical, so downplay things and just keep it under... Not Harry, no. The social worker came to visit them. Harry sung a worship song at the social worker. <laughs> and do you know what they decided? This is a wonderful place to send this, this young person. Now... <laughs> I thank God that sometimes singing a song can be kind of, you know, metaphorical. Um, but, you know, there is such a power in song. There's such a power in what comes out of our, what comes out of our, out of our lips. And um, I want to encourage you. You think if, I just feel like it's difficult to, to say something. It's difficult to share things. It's difficult to start that conversation. It's difficult, even when I know the Holy Spirit's saying something, I can see that there's an opportunity. I just, it's just, just difficult to get something to come out of my mouth. The more we get used to there being a continual flow of praise coming out of our mouths. Do you know that, the, that, that Acts 2 tells us that when the disciples broke out onto the street, the 120 broke out onto the street, They weren't preaching the gospel in different languages. They were declaring the praises of God. 
So before Peter stands up and, and, and preaches the gospel, 120 people in 120 different languages have been praising God out on the street. That's what happens at, at Pentecost. And I think the reason that they could, they could do that, of course it was the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but they'd been spending days in prayer and in worship and in pouring themselves out before God. And I think if we get more and more comfortable at pouring ourselves out, when we come to the prayer meeting, some of you, I know, have never prayed out loud in a prayer meeting. Okay? Um, let me challenge you. Decide you're going to pray. You can write it down if you want to. You can pray a psalm that's written down for you if you want to. But, but open your mouth and let something come out. Let there be a flow. The Holy Spirit wants to flow out of you. And one of the primary ways he wants to flow out of you is out of your mouth. Get used to speaking. Lift your voice. Lift your voice in worship. Lift your voice in praise. And here it says, I like this, lift your, the voice of your watchman. They lift their voice. The watchman. Who are the watchmen? Well, literally, of course, it would have been those on the, on the walls of the city that were looking for what was happening and what was coming. And mostly they'd have been looking out for trouble. But these watchmen weren't looking for trouble. They were looking for the king to return. They were looking for the return of of the king. And you and I, we're those whose lives are focused on looking for the Christ who's coming. Revelation 1, it says, behold, he is coming. It's interesting, isn't it? You say, I want to tell you he's coming. He says, no, I don't want to tell you he's coming. I want you to see that he's coming. Behold, he's coming. You know, there is a way that the Holy Spirit enables us to look at this world, to look at what's happening, to read the scripture, to say, I can see that Jesus is on his way. He's coming. He's already coming. When, when, when it says that in Revelation 1, it uses, it uses what, what they call the present continuous tense. Not the future tense. Not one day he will come. But even now, if you have prophetic eyes, you can see that Christ is on his way. Jesus is coming. All the things that he said would happen are happening. All the things that he said he would do are, 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 are being done. What he said he wants to do in and through his church is happening. You look around and you say, I can see the bride is making herself ready. I can see that the house is being built. Peter says, all, the, all those that have such a hope purify themselves. You know, there's a response, an internal response. Isaiah says, the watchmen, they lift their voice, because they can see that Jesus is coming, they lift their voice and they sing together for joy. Because eye to eye they see the Lord coming to Zion. Eye to eye. What is it saying? It's saying that, that you know, this, this prophetic vision is something they share, is something they catch from one another. I love that idea of, of eye to eye, that we're all looking together. There's not some that are kind of like, you know, just a few experts that we all have to rely on. But no, we all are looking and we're seeing that Christ is coming. And what's the response? It causes us to sing for joy. And you and I are watchmen 
who sing for joy because we see the return of Jesus. We sing for joy together. And as we sing for joy together, as we see, we see more and more clearly what God is doing in the world. Okay, so just a few kind of takeaway points from this, uh, this morning. These are not particularly well crafted or anything like that. They were just kind of things I thought, stuff I want to say. You know, sometimes, sometimes when you preach, it's kind of like, you know, opening up every little part of the scripture. And sometimes it's just like, there's some stuff I want to say. Here's some stuff I want to say. First of all, we've said this already, but let's, let's be really clear. The sound that we make when we come together is the sound that God wants us to take to the street. The sound of praising God, the sound of giving thanks, the sound of testifying to his goodness, the sound of encouraging one another, the sound of bringing the word of God to one another, the sound of opening up the scripture and letting it change our lives. These are all things that God wants us to take to the streets. If it happens here, he wants you to take it and do it out there. I believe, and I think this was Kerry's instruction to us, that we need to do that literally. That is literally, we need to go and play some music on the streets. You know, there are kind of steps in prophetic enactment. You hear a prophetic word. Some people, and, and, and I spend quite a lot of time trying to explain to people this isn't how prophecy works. Some people think, I've heard a prophetic word, that means that's going to happen, whatever I do by which they normally mean, and I'm not going to do anything. Okay, I believe every prophetic word is actually an invitation to join in with what God is doing. And if you don't join yourself to that word, it doesn't mean it won't come to pass. It means you probably won't be anywhere near when it does come to pass. It means you, you relegate yourself to a position of not seeing that word fulfilled. And then people turn around and go, well, well it must have been a false prophet because you know, he said that and she said that and it never happened. You go, it did happen, you just didn't see it because just like it says in Hebrews, you were like the, you were like the people at the, at the foot of Mount Sinai who heard the voice of God. They heard the trumpet that got louder and louder. They didn't mix it with faith in their heart. They just didn't do anything with it. In fact, they took a few steps back because it was so scary and said to Moses, you talk to God. <laughs> we'll stay back here, thank you. The prophetic word is an invitation. And the first thing we do to join in with that invitation is we take that word and we speak it back to God. I want to do that. Paul, could you just briefly summarise the word that you... I mean, it was a brief word anyway, but the word you brought this morning. It was that um, God wanted us to repent, not in a sorrowful way, but actually just put behind us um, limitations that we have put on what the Spirit of God can do through us and that we can witness and that it's time to go again to God and ask for the faith that there may be people in our lives that are utterly lost and without him that we have basically given up on and God wants us to come to him again and, and reach to him for their salvation and that there are people who have illnesses and infirmities that we have just accepted and God wants us to go again and believe for their healing and very possibly be the means by which they see that healing. Yeah. So. Fantastic. 
So the, fir- the first thing, if we're going to respond to that word, the first thing to do is, as, as some of you were saying, as Paul said, yes, amen. Now what I want you to do, I want you just to turn to someone and tell them, what did you hear? What did you hear from that word? What did the Holy Spirit speak to you? Okay? So think about it for a minute. Or maybe through and through all the other things that he said this morning, what have you heard from God today? Actually, actually make a declaration of what you've heard from God today. It says in 1 Thessalonians, don't despise prophecy. And I think despising prophecy is, is going, oh, what a wonderful prophecy, and then doing nothing with it. So, so the first question, if this makes you uncomfortable, great. Um, <laughs> the, first question, the first thing I want you to do is just turn to someone and say, this is what, this is what I have heard the Holy Spirit say today. Okay. <clears throat> I think even just in doing that, in acknowledging and in saying, so we say an amen when we hear it. Is that the spirit within us is going amen? That's right, I agree. And then, but you know what? Then we have to begin to change the way we think and with the way we speak. We say, actually, this is what I've heard God. Do you know what you've also done, kind of inadvertently, is you've just all made yourselves accountable to someone as well. <laughs> Because now it's not just all between me and Jesus. But actually you've spoken to someone and said, this, I heard God say this today. And if you really have heard God speak to you today, what are you going to do with that? And if I really care for my brother or my sister, and I know that God has spoken and given them his word and his promise, I now feel a responsibility. I'm going to be, I'm going to be praying for them. I'm going, to be, I'm going to be speaking to them and saying, hey, hey, you know what God said to you? What's happened with that? How's that gone? How's that begun to be put into practice? Is there any way I can stand and support you in that? Is there any way I can help you? You see, we've got to get what happens here, what God says here, he wants to make it a reality out there. And so we take a hold of it, we believe it, we listen to it, we declare it, we begin to pray it back to him. Prayer is at its most effective when we're confident we're praying what God has already said he wants to do. Amen. Prophetic worship means, and I believe all worship is intended to be prophetic, is that we declare in here what will be declared out there. Dave did that really simply for us when we were singing this morning. We were saying, I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. And he just led us to sing, we declare you are the way, the truth, the life. It really is as simple as that. Actually, a lot of things that we're in here that, we've, that we come and it's an adoration. All you have to do to turn it into a prophetic declaration is kind of turn it around 180 degrees. I believe you are. I'm here and I'm looking up at the throne. I believe you are. And you know what the Holy Spirit will always tend to do? He'll go, that's great, now turn around and make it a declaration. We declare you are. But a declaration in here really is not going to achieve very much. That's a prophetic enactment. That's beginning to say, I'm beginning to reshape my life so that what happens now through the rest of the week is, 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 is shaped by 
the encounter I've had with God, the encounter we've had with God, the word we've received from him. And you know, God wants to take it until that becomes the, until what happens is that the cities of the desert, the dead places, the dry places, are singing the same song that you and I are singing in his presence. That's what he's doing. Like I say, literally, I do believe literally, uh, the instruction to us is to, go, is to go and make that sound on the streets. Certainly looking for people that are going to go, that's what God's saying to me. I'm going to make that happen. I was talking to Paul. He was saying, I'm sure there's loads of people who go, yeah, if someone organizes it, I'll turn up and be part of it. Okay, that is one of the, that's one of the, 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 the kind of the, the, the biggest limitations not just on church life, but on any life. It's kind of the, you know, the hundreds of people that are happy to turn up once it's already happening and somebody's done all the hard work. And, um, and, and, and the two or three that are going to band together and say, we're going to make this happen. We're going to do what needs to be done to bring this about. That's what I believe as we go through this season of prayer. If we can get those little clusters of two, three, four people that say, this is what God has said and we are determined to make it happen. We are determined to make it happen. You won't lack the resource of finance. You won't lack the resource of other people in their time if you have given yourself to say, we're going to see this through. And Jesus says, and I know this is a strong word, but he says it, and I want us to hear this as a strong word. He says, whoever puts his hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for service in the kingdom. And for some of us, the change of paradigm that we need is that I'm no longer going to be someone that starts lots of things, but I'm going to be somebody that sees it through. What if God spoke to you this month and gave you the one thing that he wants you to achieve with the rest of your life? We get excited by the lots and the new and the innovation, but what if God says, I just want you to give yourself to this? Would we, be, would we be happy with that? Would we be satisfied with that? So if this is what God has said to me, this is what I'll do. Remember before Christmas, we looked at, at Simeon and Anna. Remember that man, Simeon? His whole life had been lived up to this point. And then at what was just the beginning for everyone else, he can say, now I can depart in peace. Because what my life has been all about, God has fulfilled. When we hear God's instruction, when we receive his word, when we get his direction, are we prepared to go, that's what my life is all about now? I don't know whether Jesus was thinking about Elisha when he talked about putting your hand to the plow, but that's exactly what he did. Elijah comes past and just hits him with his cloak. And he's gone. He doesn't look back. In fact, he burns the plow. And the oxen that he was using to, to plant with. He said, I am my old life. There is no way back. This is what I do now. Kind of what we're talking about here is, is integrity. Is the person I am when I come and worship God the same person I am when I'm out in the workplace? I remember many, many years ago, I was, it's a rare, rare occasion, I was, on the, uh, I was on the West Terrace at Highfield Road, which is where Coventry City used to play football. Uh, some lovely houses there now, but uh, 
Back in those days, when you had an NUS card, you could get in for four quid, so I used to go quite often. And it was a rare occasion that Coventry were absolutely thrashing the opposition. Admittedly, it was Sutton United of the conference, and it was the FA Cup. Um, But, you know, when you support Coventry City, you take what you can get. And... um, And I was there with some friends, and we were absolutely screaming and shouting and singing on the terraces. And 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 it's one of the closest things I've ever come to hearing the audible voice of God. It wasn't exactly, but it was one of the closest things. And and, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me really, really clearly, and he said, Are you going to sing like this tomorrow morning? And and I kind of had two options then, didn't I? I could either kind of stop screaming and shouting at the football and probably kind of give up watching football, which I did for the obvious reason that most people give up watching Coventry City eventually, is <laughs> who needs that much negativity in your life? But, um, <laughs> or do I say to him, yes, I am. And now the, the loudest noise I make is the noise I make in worship. The most energy and effort I put into anything, and my kids will laugh at this, <laughs> is, is when I worship. You might think, well, you don't look that energetic when you're worshipping. Well, you should see me do other things. <laughs> I believe there are even videos of me running, and you'll, you'll see that I can... You don't have to have very quick camera work. That's all I can say if you're filming me running. That what I am here is a a reflection and an an offering to God of what my whole life is like. And the way I interact here with people is just... And you know, it is a special place when we come together because it's the place where heaven and earth meet. It's the place where God encounters his people. It's the place where many things are instigated. Lots of things you'll do for the first time here. That's not a lack of integrity. The lack of integrity is if you only do them here. But if you say, no, God, you've shaped me, you've formed me. I'm going to walk this out now. Many of you know we're, we've embarked upon a, a, a recording project which John is leading, recording some songs that have been written by folk in the church. One of the reasons we're doing that is that we want to take the sound that God has given us here and get it out there. That's in a different way. That's not on the street. That'll mostly be kind of... Uh, through, the, uh, you know, through, through the internet and out, out, across, out across the world, it can reach anywhere at all that way but to say look there's a sound in here that doesn't just God doesn't want to just keep in here if he wants to fill the whole earth with the sound of his praise and of his worship then we have a responsibility to take the sound that he's given us but one of the things we wanted to do is we said we don't want to just record something that's going to appeal to the kind of you know who sells the most worship albums at the moment let's copy their sound I remember Simon telling me of his, his story, he went to a huge, huge drum shop in Memphis and was, was told that when Bethel brought out a new album, the, the drum equipment, the cymbals and the drums that were used on that album immediately sold out because every church wanted their worship to sound just like that album. I, there's something slightly wrong with that. 
you know, haven't we got our own sound? Well, that's the sound we need, we, we need to make. Amen. We, 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 there's an integrity to say, this is what God is doing among us. This is what God, this is, when we look eye to eye, this is what we see. And we want to make that sound. I don't want to try and make someone else's sound. Why would you want to sing someone else's song when God's given you a song? Yeah? You know, I don't want to try and... So they say, you know, just be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. We're not looking for duplicates. We're looking for God's... This is, this is us. We want, to, we want to be people of integrity. Okay, finally. Just let me finish again with this phrase. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. You know, it doesn't matter how you start. It doesn't matter whether you know the whole song or not. It doesn't, it doesn't matter whether your voice is faltering. It doesn't matter whether the notes seem a little bit higher or a little bit low. It doesn't matter whether you get some of the words wrong. Lift your voice. It doesn't matter if your voice is quivering. It doesn't matter, like we sang this morning, if you're afraid. Because the fear can't stick around too long. And if you are worried, like the scripture Belade brought us this morning. Well, thanksgiving is the best antidote there is to worry. Lift your voice. Doesn't matter what time it is, lift your voice. It doesn't matter where you are, lift your voice. And if you want to have the strength to lift your voice out in the world, then lift your voice when you're in the house of God. So that the sound that's in the house is the sound that's going to be heard on the street. Can I just bring something? Um, when Matthew is saying about being... Um, say something you didn't say but I, what I heard about being ready and being ready to bring something I think there's a way in which we can ready ourselves before that happens so we can um, resolve in our hearts that when we hear the Holy Spirit like the name that tune analogy that not only will we do that but we'll do that immediately and the thing that I believe God was kind of highlighting this to me um, uh, back in the 90s was a very successful British sprinter called Colin Jackson okay? and he was, he was without fail the fastest person out of the blocks in the world and his phrase was I always go on the B of the bang and I feel like that's, a, that's something we can carry with us that when God says something we go on the B of the bang that we are, as soon as God says something I'm doing that and I think if we take time to say, you know, maybe in our own prayers we say, God, today, if you speak to me, I want to go in the beer of the band. That, that, is a, that is a conditions response then. That whatever it is God asks you, you've already said the yes in advance. And, and I believe that that can be a way that um, really overcomes that fear of lifting your voice or, or, or being God's hands of, of healing to people. Whatever it is that, that the Holy Spirit is saying to us, you can get your yes in before the question is even asked. Mm. Great. Thank you, Paul. Wonderful. Very good. I wonder, Paul Sheffield, would you be happy to come and pray for us as we finish? Father, we thank you for what you're stirring amongst us at this time. Father, we thank you for what we're hearing from your Holy Spirit that you're wanting to do amongst us and in us 
at this time. And Father, my prayer for us each this morning that you will give us hearts ready to respond. Father, willing to respond. Those who are ready to go on the bee of the bang, Father. <clears throat> Father, we will be those who will know at this time what it is to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that God, as you give us a new paradigm, Father, that changes us, Father, into people, individuals who are different from how we stand at present. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that as we encounter those who are in need, who need to hear your gospel, Father, at this time, there will be those who are ready, Father, who have the life-giving word to declare to them that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Whatever it is that they need to hear of Jesus, that, Father, we are prepared and ready. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'll do it, Father. Even as we step out of the doors this morning, that, Father, you'll be doing your work in us, and we'll be a people who are ready to re respond, who have that tongue of a ready writer, Father, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this teaching from City Church Coventry. You can find more great teaching and other resources on our website at www.citychurchcoventry.org.